All right, so uh, Spotify Wrapped is out, and we just want to thank is everybody it? who has, has has watched a lot of a lot of SDP. Um, but this one, uh, somebody said, "Hey, I'm not even a Leafs fan, uh, and I prefer watching this show on YouTube so I can look at Jesse Blake." But we did make it <laughs> onto their Spotify Wrapped, so I I say Jesse, we do a Spotify Unwrapped featuring you. Oh, you Spotify Jesse. No, we we still need to make the the calendar of Adam Wilde and the uh, the devil's costume. There's 12 different poses in the devil's uh, pajamas. You know, I keep waiting for Erin Andrews to acknowledge the promotion that <laughs> that, that we gave her pajamas. <laughs> I mean, how many millions of people have bought Erin Andrews New Jersey? Devil's this is pajamas? like the reporter Erin Andrews. Yes, yeah. it's her. Why does line. she have a NHL collab? Is it like all sports collab? I, I think it's I, whoever makes it. I think she does it for every team, and I think she's. Oh. I think it's very likely that it crosses over a bunch of different sports. Right. So it's and like a fanatics has, collab, probably like something like. Okay, yeah, that, and you know, that makes a lot of sense. huge, right? So yeah. I can see why she More would like do it. Erin Andrews doesn't pay influencers, right? Right. That right. was great. Listen, that was I should have been, Click at that, that point, I should have been Aaron's number one call if she needed influence. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you want a hairy belly and a hairy back, mm. I'm your man. So speaking and of knees. Spotify Unwrapped. And, and hairy knees. elbows got and the ears. Toes, everything. It's all there. It's all there. The grippers are the grippers are covered. Um, for so, free? For free. <laughs> so, uh, listen, I uh, we really appreciate looking at all of uh, the minutes watched. What was it? 43,000 Mason. Minutes? So uh, shout out at Dottie Mason. I think you win right now. You're you're the leader in people who have sent us uh, their Spotify wrapped. You wow. listened 47,000 minutes. Uh, the Spotify says you're in the top 0.05% of fans. So yeah. if anybody out there can be 47,000 minutes, I would be very impressed. But Mason's the champ right now. I need to know more about you. I need to know because we were doing the math. We don't think we made that much content this past year. No, so it also counts. 32.6 days. It also yeah. counts archived content. So if you listen to old episodes, that's your listening within this year. So yeah, Mason, insane. I also want to shout out Evan Dent, who's in the top 0.1. It would be in the top 0.05 if it weren't for Mason, <laughs> who listened to 37,166 minutes. That's wild. Damn. Absolutely wild. And Mason said, I listen to it every day. When I wake up and when I go to bed, I listen to it religiously. So that's how you get that 40. I bet he doesn't have a subwoofer, though. No, no, he'd know he that. couldn't. Then you he'd can know. stand it. Yeah. <laughs> he would hate it. He'd hate it so much. <laughs> oh, man. Now, incredible. Uh, it's funny with last night's game, how it went from, oh, my God, the Leafs are doing this again to that's a pretty gutsy effort. Yeah. Uh, and and but I do want to start off with the many emotions of Sheldon Keefe. Jesse, I have sent you <clears throat> unless you have something else you want to bring up here. No. Uh, I have sent you the video of Sheldon Keefe. And I'm sure if you were watching the game last night, you saw this. Sheldon Keefe, he went purple. He went the same color as his jacket. He does that, I'd say, once a month. And no, but this one, what was it? I think Dave Poulin said, uh, man, Tyler Bertuzzi knows what Sheldon Keefe ate for breakfast. Oh, 100%. Um, and, and what I want you to do, Jesse, is when we bring it up on the screen, I don't need you to, we can't play the video. <laughs> I, got, I, got the best, hoping, I got the best screen grab. You got the best screen grab. Yeah. Yeah. You can compare him <laughs> to the color of his suit jacket. Look yeah. at that. 
Dude, he needs oxygen. Look at his lips. It's an oxblood suit and an oxblood face. Dude, he's <laughs> losing his mind. Not having a good Here's the thing, time. Though, if you if you go to any part of that clip, and thank you, TikTok Tomar, for putting that on Twitter. Um, any part of that clip, the emotion is the same. He's just in different poses. Different. So if man. Jesse were to just freeze it and put it at six, 15 seconds or five seconds, it's going to be the same. Look, for those of you who didn't what, watch. What do you think he's about to say there? Well, <laughs> what, what do you think he's about to say? What do you think this clip comes after? Well, what is it, Jesse or Steven? It comes after the Leafs. Scoring the tying goal. <laughs> but he's mad because Bertuzzi didn't get the puck deep. That's uh, the, is that's that what it was? It was, they crossed the blue line into the offensive zone, and Bertuzzi's kind of dinking around with it just above the hash marks and doesn't get it get it low. Is that and, what is that what led to this? Yes. And then, I mean, oh, it was yeah, pretty obvious. And then he gets Bertuzzi. in his ear about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Wow. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was bad. He <laughs> was upset. Now, was a little grumpy. that is going to happen throughout the season. Although, I have to be honest, can you remember a time where Sheldon got that mad yes. at anyone that openly? Yeah. Who? Uh, the Canada bubble when he just went, fuck you, Graham, at Graham Skeletor, the ref. And he got fined because you can't just go, fuck you. To a ref. Okay. Now, there's such a subtle difference. Because that's subtle... a player versus a, a ref. Well, yeah, but hey, Adam, fuck off. Is, see how that's... your eyebrows just went up? Fuck you. Ooh, bit of a dagger. Bit of right? a, an arrow. Yeah. So Keith said fuck you and got fine. Paul Maurice will tell a ref to fuck off 50 times a night. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's fine. And one, one thing you can always guarantee when Paul Maurice comes through town, he brings the media in close and leaves them with a great quote. They love it. He loves it. And I love this. Market, I love it when he's lost because then you get to see crying oh, Paul Maurice. It's this market loves a Florida coach. <laughs> this market John loves Kimberg. being manipulated by a Florida coach. Honestly, those guys save their best moments for when they're in Toronto. Like I know that they have these conversations yeah. elsewhere, but is is if if they're in Anaheim, Paul Maurice is not saying no. what he said last night. Do you want to just bring it up? Because I've got the actual press conference. Sure. Um, absolutely loves a press conference in Toronto. And there are a few guys who take advantage of this, as they should. If you remember last year, the Florida Panthers were sort of faltering around March, right before the trade deadline. And Keith Kachuk happened to call a local Toronto radio station mm -hmm. and get on and say, yeah, they're playing soft. Yeah, they're really soft. And who were they playing that night? The Toronto Maple Leafs, who they, I believe, we're pretty tough against uh, at that point. I believe beat. And also like, hey, Leaf Dads, like you can do that whenever you want, eh? Like <laughs> if you feel like getting on the radio and just like ripping the team and motivating them to a run to the stand like a final, you can do that whenever you want. Here's Paul Maurice uh, yesterday after the game. And we'll explain why he's so upset. I have not seen that, especially that fast. No, I, you know what I do think? It's important that they have rules. Oh, fuck. Because there's no other way to do that, right? Because if he rips it off the guy and it goes off his shin pad and it goes in, is that a goal? That happens so fast. So it wasn't... Yeah, it's important we have rules. Just call with that, Steve. Fuck. The penalty they call late. They didn't vet this at all. Yeah, that clip is awful. I apologize to everybody listening for the terrible audio. That's from Bally Sports down in the States. Yeah. Dude, the it was either the that or, a or there was play-by-play -play underneath it. Yeah, the yeah. beginning of the clip Those has play-by-play like, -play underneath it. <laughs> they didn't cut out any of the fucks, which I actually admire, but I am positive they didn't do on purpose. Mm -hmm. I, th I think they just don't generally care.
Yeah, um, the static in the background was or pay anyone brutal. Yeah, so that's pretty bad. <laughs> but the point is, the point is, first off, uh, uh, he's talking about the Evan Rodriguez goal that was disallowed. I, we've never seen this before. The game was, I can't think of it. The game was over. Evan Rodriguez had 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 scored on his on the on the penalty shot. I believe it was the fourth round of penalties, and he something like that. And he uh, uh, he scored. But uh, what happened was he shot the puck. It went off of Wool's pad and went back onto. Rodriguez's stick and then went in yes. and you cannot score on a rebound in the shootout and that's technically a rebound well it, not technically it is a rebound I mean it's a rebound and so like I know that Maurice is gonna have to like I don't know how much more clear that could be I'd never heard of that rule but it's pretty clear that's what huh. it is man yeah you can't take two shots on the fucking shootout but then and then uh Drew highlighted this clip yesterday when uh Noah Gregor scored um, or I think, uh, I think it was, uh, when cousins hit the post or whatever, he goes to the ref, he goes, was that in fuck off <laughs> <laughs> easiest coach to lip read in the entire league. Yes. A hundred percent. Now, did you see Nylander after uh, the game yesterday? No, he also said, fuck. Yeah, he did. I, I did send the clip in, but here's what I love about William Nylander. When Jesse brings this up, what you're going to see is a man in his zone. Now he had two oh. or three chances to score yesterday. He didn't. And he's, he's on a three-game pointless streak. But he's got tarps off. Mm -hmm. He's got his earring in. Mm -hmm. He's got his silver chain. He's got his hat on. And Willie's known, he's known for not being a great quote. But he's pretty good on this one. Have a listen. First intermission. Yeah. I mean, we all knew that we, we could play better. And, I mean, we needed to dig, dig deep. But it shows some fucking, oh, sorry, character. But, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Live on the... Kind of took over in the second period there. That's on live TV. I'm yeah, pretty sure. so some fucking character on TSN last night, which was great. I I, I love the confidence there. Can we acknowledge that you, Steve, have not made a big enough deal of this? Because <clears throat> this is something that would happen to the Leafs ten times out of ten. Oh, eleven yeah. times out of ten. A hundred times out of ten. Absolutely. This would happen to the Leafs. Yes. And in the year of our Lord, 2023, it happened to the other team. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you should wear this as a crown forever. Why do you think I'm wearing my champ shirt? <laughs> We're the the Leafs are the November twenty eighth, twenty twenty three champs. But you you if this if this happened to Florida, like the Leafs, Matthews had a goal taken back in the shootout. Yeah, you would that would have been ten minutes of the LFR. Oh, Jesse, like listen, as a Leaf fan, I'm happy the Leafs won. As a content creator, I am mourning the quarter million view video that I lost when, <laughs> when the Leafs were beneficiaries of it. Can you us. imagine? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Dude. Well, I, you know, I got to tell you. So you complain yeah. that people think that your numbers only spike when they lose. <laughs> and then you say shit like that. And we have the hey, data. No, we have people, data that when they win, they the numbers do better than when they lose, even in dramatic. The fashion. comment section because is when they win of, the bigger game because of yes, because of like the playoffs last year against Tampa yeah. when they won. Yeah. Those those were bigger than we'd ever seen before. Yeah. But then you go on and you say something like that to Jesse, and you can't complain that people think that if you're going to yeah. say that. Because no, I, I mean, I'm looking I, at it like how you look at the Oilers situation. If yes. we're celebrate, if we hammer their losses, yes. you got to hammer their wins. Yes. So the Leafs, you, you should the hammer their spectacular magic. Yes, I and I did. It was a 19 minute LFR. <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not. It's not 200,000 views. It's not. You know, they lost to a Zamboni driver. Yeah. 
And like, I don't give a shit. Like I just, <laughs> I go with what was given to me and what was given to me is my team one. And I'm happy about that. I'd rather they win. I, I showed you the numbers the other day. I could, we could bring them up. No, we don't need, to. we're not we going to. to? <laughs> no. Oh, we don't need it. Uh, life's better when they make the second round, put it that way. Life's way fucking better when they win a playoff round, dude. Um, that happens to Toronto all the time. I can't believe they benefited from it unless, you know, you know, that's my bias. Because mm-hmm. actually what happens is this Toronto gets away with this all the time. You see. Well, that was the because the league that apparently rigged. was the Panthers. Uh, what the Panthers were saying going into the dressing room only in Toronto, that sort of stuff. Nearly which, 60 years without a cup. We're playing the long game. Yeah, I, I think then we're going to sneak up on you. We're trying to rig things in Toronto's favor. They would have beat Florida last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think only in Toronto, <laughs> that place where we went 3-0 in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Fuck off. They would have won a couple to other quote, games. To quote Paul Maurice, fuck off. <laughs> so this is Steve. When you, when you come in here and you're not, because you would have been stressed out you would have been yelling. You would have been throwing things against the wall if it went the other way. Mm. So you should come in here overzealous, super happy, jumping off the walls, yeah. excited when these things go the Leafs' way. Yeah, I okay. am. You, I, don't, I don't know. You're giving me like an 8 out of 10. No. But if it was on the other foot, you'd be giving me an 11. So I want an 11 out of excitement this time. The show just started, boys. A little foreplay, please. <laughs> okay. All right. As long as you <laughs> get there eventually. So I can get there. Yeah. So I can get to where I'm going. All right. I want to see it. That was, well, I don't know if you can hear my voice, but I fucking took <laughs> it there last night. The entire video, I didn't really let off. Because uh, I was ready to be at a 10 emotionally, no matter what. Um, you're like pissed dude, halfway through. <laughs> halfway through? Before puck drop. Before puck drop, I said, you know what? This is a Tuesday night against Florida, which is just hockey poison. Poison. I feel like the Leafs only play this fucking team on a Tuesday. And the building is at like a a negative decibel. Like if, if any place, if, if you have a colicky baby, bring them to Scotiabank arena so they can have the deepest, most peaceful sleep ever. Um, and like, like just no one gets up for the game and I'm like, okay, this is the team that embarrassed you in the playoffs. They pushed you around. They beat you earlier this season. They played last night. I don't care if they stomped Ottawa. They played last night. It's supposed to be harder. They're on the road. That's supposed to be harder. Five five guys got like the night off early, so yeah, half of them didn't play. Seven minutes early, <laughs> Meh. they missed out on like two three minutes of, of uh, ice time. Uh, like, dude, you're supposed to win this friggin' game. If you think you're on par with the Panthers, which you're the least, like you should think you're comparable at very least. This should be. You know, one of the things Babcock used to say uh, that I liked, uh, one of the few, was like, home ice is supposed to be free win night. Like, who says who says that? Babcock. Babcock. <laughs> Why? It's supposed to be free win night. Well, because you have, if you're a good team and you have home ice advantage, hey, it, everything's stacked in your favor, isn't it? And how do they come out? Didn't protect the front of their net, got outscored one nothing, and got outshot fifteen to six. Yeah. You fucking stink! You stink! Oh, the things I was yelling at my TV! You soft bunch of bums! I was so mad. 
They were on pace to get outshot 45 to 18 on home ice. You're a disgrace. You suck. And I was really mad. Not as mad as Sheldon Keefe, apparently. Nope. Who lost it on his boys when they tied it up and they had to come back again. Again. They're good at Jesse that. Jesse Blake. They they're are good extremely yep. good at that. I hope you took the Leafs money line or at least plus one and a half when they were down. I hope you did. Did you do it? I didn't know. I like when they get down by two. Ah, okay. Jesse right. would have been wrong a grand total of once this season. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Betting the comeback. Like, yeah. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Crazy. Um, and that's when Keith hammered them. They did show some fight. And then, but as the game went on, some things happened where I'm like, all right, like I, I got to lay off them a bit. Uh, because like, listen, you still have home ice advantage. You're still playing the tired team. You're playing with five defensemen again. You lose Marner. How does this keep fucking happening? You lose Marner. He comes back. He's very obviously not at a hundred percent. Um, like I, I could understand why playing with a cage when not playing for a cage for a very long time would suck ass. Um, and then it started to turn into, you know what? It's November. Let's get the two points. I don't care how you get it. Just get the two points. And then they lost. And? And then, well, so when <laughs> Rodriguez won it, I was in like no man's land. Because I was like, you know what? They were turning this narrative around on me. Mm -hmm. And then they went and fucking lost anyway. So now I've, I've got this. They got one point. They should have got two. But maybe one is good enough. But who the who the hell wants to hear that? What competitive person wants to hear that? And then the hockey gods drop this beautiful gift in our laps. This beautiful gift in our laps. We see something we've I don't I don't think we've ever seen before. Not not in an NHL shootout. The there is thing, one. Drew is uh, mentioning that it did happen did once. Happen? To who? Uh, the Penguins and Rangers. Penguins and Rangers. Uh, and uh, Rangers thought they uh, they would win, and two minutes later, the goal was called back, and then the Pens won it. Oh, was it that an overtime? Shootout, shootout, double tap off the post. He hit the post. Yeah, and it's Dan, back, hit Dan Boyle that in. scored it. Dan Boyle. Oh, so this is a while ago. Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, so it's not nearly a decade seen. ago. Haven't seen that often. Um, and I go. thought the what's that? I just said there you go. The it, Leafs revision through, or the, the the people who are like, hey, challenge that. There's that was a quick pick. Mike Johnson is friggin' eagle eyes. Yeah, yeah, he saw it too. Cause dude, he said it like right away, and then they showed the replay, and he's like, he did double tap it, and I'm like, he did. Like I saw the replay too. I got up off my couch. I'm like this close. Like this is my TV. I'm like, oh, he's right. Mm -hmm. But like. I know Mike Johnson, he's he's down there between the benches watching the replay off like a Tamagotchi and like no idea how he was able to see that. Right. I think that's the best hockey crew we got right now. Those two. I really enjoy their work. I think <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, well, you, you why are you reluctant to say okay. if no, they're you good can't, or not? You can't. I, I don't want to sound anti-sportsnet, right? But um, they... The, now that I don't work there anymore, I feel more comfortable praising the f absolutely spectacular job TSN does at basically everything. Yeah, the and, uh, I, I'm not even saying like uh, like TSN for sports. I'm just talking about in hockey. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of different. They do an incredible. Teams. I think out of all of the ones I've seen, I, I like 
I like Gordy and 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 Mark the best. No, but and you're, not Mike, to, sorry. you're not allowed to talk about uh, about uh, the red brand. Mm. That's what they call it. Yes, red brand. No, the three brand. letter. Ah, the, the three forbidden letter. three letter. Well, I, I'll say this. Um, uh, I've always been a Chris Cuthbert guy. I love Chris Cuthbert. Gord Miller is amazing. I like him too. Uh, uh, but Mike Johnson is unbelievable between the benches. He's fat, fantastic at what he does. Crazy. It's perfect. So um, the other guy I love, just want to throw this out there, Canadians fans in on Anglais, uh, Brian Mudrick. That guy's awesome. Mm. Awesome. He did one Leaf game once, and I was like, "Who, who was calling this?" And he, I remembered him from Sports Center. I was like, "Damn, this guy is amazing at play by play." There's like, some great broadcasters in this country, man. I'm still pissed at the Jets for stealing Dennis Bayak. Oh yeah, he you was great. Suck. Just on the game very quickly. Obviously, Leafs didn't look great in the first. They had the goal scored against them. Noah Gregor, big speed, leg out, uh, top good. shelf, um, fastest man in the NHL. Noah Gregor, easily. He's amazing. Fantastic. Garbage. McDavid, garbage. Yeah. No, but it, to, for him to get both goals and to draw that penalty at the end of the game, oh, I didn't yeah. realize Noah Gregor would have one game where he was that consequential. Like, and it's no offense to Noah Gregor, but it's like that's not, he's not supposed to be that consequential. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make this into a, a big deal. Joseph Wool was friggin' incredible last night. Yes. He got the belt. Give it to Gregor. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Wool is going to win the belt lots of times. He's the he's the team's starting goalie. Noah Gregor's a fourth-line left winger. Like, I hope he has better games than that. But, like, from a fourth-line left winger, you can't get much better than that. And drawing a four-minute penalty. I thought it was interesting. Paul Maurice had an offensive zone face-off, and he could have put any other line out, but he put his fourth line out. And what that led to was the Leafs' fourth line turning it around on them. And inevitably drawing a penalty, which is what they did. Well, you know, so on the broadcast, they pointed out that the Panthers had their fourth line out. But what they didn't point out is the Leafs had their third line out uh, in the D zone, which if I were Sheldon Keefe, I would simply never do. Yes. So yeah. I think it was both coaches temporarily lost their minds. But it led to that. <laughs> and it did. You know, because they it, the Leafs immediately pushed it in. One thing I want to give the Panthers big props for is the way they killed that penalty. The Leafs power play. You have a power play with Three minutes left in the game, and if it goes to overtime, you've got another minute. And the, the Leafs could not get anything going, and then it inevitably leads to a too many men. They're eighth in 20 games? Eighth in 20 games. We'll we'll get to that yeah. screaming about that. I, before we do that, I just want to shout out Anthony Stallers. for being Man, what a night. Yeah, Dude, great, what a night. When game. What year was he drafted? No idea. 2012. 2012, this guy has played in, I think, seven different seasons. I looked it up yesterday. He still hasn't hit 100 games. Like, this guy has an NHL career the hard way. And for him to be, like, just hitting his stride as he's about to turn 30, I'm pretty sure, is uh, is pretty crazy for him. Mm -hmm. Like, when I saw he was there basically full-time backup, I'm like, are you sure? I don't know. And here he is. Mm-hmm. Putting in quality starts. Yeah, I have I have some Noah Gregor skating speed stats for you to oh, back up to the him. eye test of Noah Gregor being the fastest man in the NHL. NHL Edge, way faster than McKinnon. This is from <laughs> NHL Edge, as Steve said. In terms of 22-plus mile-per-hour bursts of speed, he has five of them this season. That is in the 95th percentile of players in the NHL. From 20 to 22 mile per hour bursts, he has 46. That is in the 93 percentile wow. of NHL players. He is fast, and he is fast very often. Dude, if you're going to be on the fourth line, you might as well be fast, and you might as well be big. 
Top skating speed this year, 22.65 miles per hour. That's fast. Can you put that in the rest of the world? Kilometers? Yeah. Uh, 22. I don't know how fast miles per hour in kilometers. 34 and a half. 34 and a half kilometers. Ooh. Why does, yeah, why does the NHL use miles per hour? Because it's, I guess, it's American. Yeah, I guess, yeah. The rest of the what world. What the fuck kilometer. is a kilometer? <laughs> <laughs> he is fast, and he is fast by the numbers and in your eye test. Yeah. And, you know, he he, he did, like, when you see him and Reeves and Camp out there in the offensive zone, cycling things around, like, again, I don't, the Leafs didn't sign Reeves to play a lot of hockey. Um, no, they signed him to serve bench miners for plays he wasn't on the ice. That's for. right. <laughs> that was funny. They all had a good <laughs> chuckle. They yeah. all had a good chuckle. Um, he's there. But he, people he, laugh. You know, they did look reasonable last night. Reeves was the decoy on the Gregor goal. <laughs> I, I was going to tweet that, and I'm like, no, don't do it. Steve. Yeah, dude, dude. <laughs> I so, was kidding. <laughs> so do you want to talk about the too many men, guys? Um, Sheldon Keefe said they addressed it, and they're still fucking doing it. So I don't. To, to be fair to him, that felt like the iffiest too many men I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah but you don't the get Leafs. the breaks when you do it all the time. You get Ew. those. You get, we get to give you the leeway when it's like rare, but this happens all the time, so you get no leeway. And what is it, guys? Is it because again, you're taught More from than a young five age, men. hustle your ass back to the bench, hustle back, so you don't get it too many men. The Leafs don't do that. Okay, hustle back, and also um, don't touch the fucking puck. Don't touch it. Yeah, Willie touching it there. Don't touch it. Just leave it. There's like two parts to the rule. And they it's too many parts for them. I don't get it. They're on pace for 32 of these. That's, wow, it's over a third a game. Yeah, probably 33. 32? Actually. Because that's based on 20 games and me multiplying it by four. There's 82. Wow. Guys, you can't be much worse than this. Stop. Get to the bench quickly. Don't touch the fucking puck. What's the matter with you? And by the way, you said it was an iffy too many men call. Go and look at the Florida Panthers one. NHL officials will even do makeup calls for bench miners. <laughs> yeah, both of them were on the same borderline. It's a disgraceful yeah. league. Disgraceful league. And they'll even get fooled by big cheating divers. Who's that? You don't you don't remember? Which which what call are you talking about? Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett taking a big old yucky cheaty dive. Because he's a big old yucky cheaty diver. You think it was a big old yucky cheaty dive? It was. Yeah. I, the only thing I can remember. Then he went like that. The only thing I can remember from Sam Bennett is the torpedo that he launched at Matt Nyes that knocked him out of the playoffs. Like that's that's what it was. He like he like literally supermaned him. He's tough. Uh, but he's so tough. He dives with the best of them. Well, he beat Domi in the fight. People he are gonna sure get did. that at you. Yeah. Oh, anytime you can fight a guy with a busted finger, you got to do it. <laughs> he's so tough. He's so tough. <laughs> Fucking. He dove all over him. Since we're, so on, good. since we're on Panthers, uh, Ryan Lomberg had the game of his life. Holy shit. That, that dude's good. Yeah. Um, it's not even the the play he made on Willie where, where he pushed him off the puck and then took the puck and then they scored. Awesome. It was there was the zone time earlier in uh, earlier in that period where he just kind of held the zone on his own. Tavares was chasing him around and Ryan Lomberg's just working his edge, doing his edge work behind the net so the and one carrying I noticed, the puck. The one I noticed was against the other 11 plus million dollar center. It was Austin. Yeah, no, Austin, Austin too. Had a 
terrible game. Terrible mm-hmm. game. And uh yeah, Lomberg, you know, if if uh you know you got if you can put someone else out there against Ryan Lomberg, you can't pick one of the best players in the league. You you can't pick the the guy who's going to be the highest paid player in the league next year. You got to no. know better when Ryan Lomberg's on the ice. Mm-hmm. No, but that's that's a really talented player, and you, if Florida has so many guys, like like you, you put Sam Bennett in that same category yeah. of these guys who are they can do kind of everything. You know, you want them to play physical, Score, you want them to hit, have some speed, you want light, them to get dive. in the zone, make some plays on the yeah. puck. Like Florida, up and down the lineup has really talented players, and it's impressive to watch them play. And like you, you kind of see like, oh, this their run makes a little more sense this year. You know, seeing them come out the gate as they were fully formed last year at the end of the season. Because remember, they snuck into the playoffs, mm-hmm. and now yeah. we get to see them at this form coming Jesse, in. Jesse Paul Maurice isn't going to—he's not going to sleep with you. <laughs> They're a very like, good not, team. If, and if you ask him, he'll say "fuck off." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then other thing. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was—I was, I was going to say very underrated part of the Paul Maurice presser, that, you know, because people were focusing on him saying "fuck off" and talking about the rules. He called that a light game. Yeah, based on what Ottawa did. Well, yeah, I mean that was a pretty. The Ottawa game was like just a brawl. Though. Yeah, that's fun. Paul Maurice is all about managing psyche and managing expectations. He's Except not- for when he's on the big stage because he couldn't do it here. Well, it's- no, he didn't have Come a goalie. He didn't- yeah, he could have They gave him Toscala and Raycroft. Dude. He made, listen, he made, he had a shit he made the playoffs with the Jets who had some, some pretty Connor rough Hellebuck. Yeah. before Connor Hellebuck. Oh, Pavel Electricity? Yes. No, Pavlik uh, just lost his mind for like a month, and then they <laughs> and was for a month. Coached some garbage teams here. Like I don't blame him. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't blame him for that. He's great at managing expectations and psyche, and he's got these guys playing playoff style hockey at the end of November. Like they're going to be axe wielding maniacs by the time April arrives. Mm-hmm. Um, like look out for the Panthers again. Who the f- who the hell wants to play them in the first round? Nobody. Yeah. And like we we I think everybody who was predicting like how the Atlantic was gonna go, I don't think anybody had them second, you know, at this point in the season. I think everybody thought they'd be a wild card team, you know, again this year, and they're looking like they can challenge for we, Boston. You know? We did it again. Atlantic team starts the season with injuries after an impressive showing the season before. Now nah, they're probably gonna take a step backward. Nope. <laughs> and now all. all their all their guys are back. And and the last thing on the game, Sheldon Keefe, uh, when you play William Nylander for two minutes and 35 seconds to end overtime, he literally played the entire back half of overtime, <laughs> don't have him start the shootout. How about that? That's How about don't have him point. as the first shooter when he's, he's sucking That's wind because he played two minutes and 35 seconds of the entire back half of overtime? You know what? You're right. David Kampf. <laughs> start the start shootout. Comp. Yeah. You start overtime with David Kampf. <laughs> I don't know. Here's yeah. another one. Don't start the shootout with the guy who's 0 for 3 in the shootout. Like, I don't know. Yeah, he hasn't been, he's he's done the same move every single time. Dude, it's it the shootout is a piece of shit, dude. It do, it's not real hockey. Um who who won the shootout last time? With what? It's Max Domi. He doesn't have a fucking goal. And no. he almost scored uh, again. He he yeah. tried his... Yeah. So all of them do the exact same move every yeah. time. If I'm a goaltender, you know, and you're going to a shootout, you just look up what the Leafs did last time because they're going to do it again. But Max Domi went for that uh, top right corner yeah. facing the net, and he just missed it. Just he, missed. Peter but he Holland hit it last used to time. be automatic. Yeah. yeah. He used to be automatic. He had the same move. 
over and over and over again. And I'm like, read the game notes. <laughs> watch some footage. Holy shit. How do I know what he's about to do? And you don't. Well, because you watch the Leafs all the time. Mm -hmm. If I had to play against them, I would do a little modicum of research. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. pitchers in the MLB, they have like their notes on, on what batters do. Or yeah. the batters have their notes on what the pitchers are going to do. Why don't goalies just have their notes on like... I'm Hey, every single time Max Domi is going to try and hit that top corner. Do you think that they <laughs> they do, except for they don't have it for the shootout? Because what are the chances? Because a lot of games just don't get there, yeah, right? Uh, get, be prepared. Dude, you Jobs have... to play hockey. You have people there. You have an entire staff of people in the back you talk to on your little James Bond thing in your sleeve. Like, can, can someone not go to the bench? Like, he's going to shoot at this place. He always shoots at this place. And then yeah. someone relays the message. Come on. Um, what do you do? Anyway, so it was Max Domi the last time. It was Noah Gregor this time. Which, by it the way, doesn't no, need to be your star. Gregor scored the same way Max was trying to. You know, well, Mike Johnson goes, he has to shoot it. And I was just like, in that moment, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen him deke. Yeah. Picture it. You can't no, he always scores off the rush with speed. He's got a piss missile of a shot. Was that his fourth? Third. Third? According to NHL Edge. <laughs> this is what I have in front of me. So no, they're wrong. hopefully it's updated. No, it was four. Um, <laughs> I also want to throw that uh, throw out there that Mark Giordano will miss significant time. Uh, that uh, so the Leafs' defensive injuries this year uh, have included Klingberg, Lilligren, Gio, and Timmins. All of them have or will once they come off of IR miss at least four weeks. But most of them have missed six weeks uh, when they've been injured. Lilligren, Timmins. And Klingberg is is push. He's going to push a month, uh, and it might even be longer. And then we don't know with Geo. Was McCabe LTIR? McCabe. Oh yeah, McCabe. I forgot McCabe on that too. Oh, I don't know. Well, there you go. McCabe missed. I know oh. Timmons was. Yeah, and Timmons. By the way, everybody's being hard on the guy, and it's like, dude, he he missed six weeks. Like it's going to take some time. <laughs> but visually, I thought he, he doesn't was awful last night. Yeah, he doesn't but have his vision. His um his uh, underlying numbers uh, on Dom's uh what whatever it is stat card. He was the, uh, the best leaf, apparently. Yeah. Um. I I didn't see it, but um. Maybe I need better eyes. I think I think there were certain times where you'd see with Connor Timmons where it's like he doesn't have the vision of where a player is going to be, so he hangs onto the puck a little too long or or the, whatever. But the, I, I wasn't worried about it. It just the speed's a problem right now. Yeah, and which makes sense because he's fuck. He was playing so good, and yeah. uh, then he missed a month and a half or whatever. Also, remember that that's preseason. And it is different. Fraser Minton yeah. played amazing in preseason. Did, didn't he have a, like a six-point game or yeah. something in like a junior B arena or something? I don't know. It's That's the point is that there is a step up. And yeah. Connor Tibbetts was never going to be, you know, your your number one right-handed option. But I think they are hoping that with a little bit of time, he is gets now. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> this is the thing. Like they're, um, you know, CJ's already put his trade board up. And the first four players on it are Flames, which I think is hilarious. Oh, yeah. So it's Tanev, Zadorov, Lindholm, and somebody else. And we'll get to it later. But I just thought, like, listen, if the Leafs are going to make a move, um, this November might be a time, or December might be a time, well, just the, because like, you might need to. The, the team clearly has warts. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're 5-1-1, one, and one, I think, is the number in their last seven. Mm -hmm. But... Also, it's like practical to go out and get at least one defenseman on account of you played Simone Benoit in overtime. Do you care? Night. Do you care that they they are like I don't know third last in the league in regulation wins? Yeah, right now. Do you yeah. care? There's no shootout or three on three bullshit in the playoffs. 
But yeah, so win the overtime. Game. Yeah, win the overtime. Yeah. I, oh, I'm no, so, it's good that they're winning those games, yeah. but it's concerning long term. I'm so not concerned about not, that. I, they made such a big deal on the broadcast about it, the regu regulation wins, but like they won the games. Why are we complaining? Oh, I'm happy they won the games. It's just one of those things that you keep in the back of your mind. Yeah, it's to me, people are like take, making it like it's it's the equivalent of the of, of players five on five versus power play. Like I I don't I don't think. I think, I think that's we're, pretty relevant, man. How, how, though? Tell me how. Because most of the game is played at 5-on-5. Five five, and yeah. once the playoffs arrive, even more of the game is played at 5 Right, but one we're of not my talking about 5-on-5. We're talking about regulation. You wins. brought up 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah. No, but I was making a, a general equivalence. And it was is, fucking stupid. I'm not talking about their 5-on-5 five five yeah. play. What I'm saying is that people... 5-on-5 five five play is extremely five important in a advanced statistical thing. Yeah. I'm not sure that regulation wins versus overtime wins seven or eight weeks into the season are the same thing is what I'm saying. It's we don't right. need to have Still regulation early. wins be that important. Right. It's not a paramount I don't thing. believe the Leafs are as good as the Sharks because they have the same amount of That's regulation. what I'm saying. Yes. I, that, like, I think They're not going to regress to the People are, are going with that narrative of, of the Blackhawks and the Sharks and, and the Ducks and the Leafs all have the same amount of regulation wins, so they're equal. I think that's a ridiculous thing to say. I agree, but also you could argue the Leafs aren't as good as other teams that they're tied in the standings with because those teams have twice the amount of regulation wins. Yeah, there's a there's a nuance and a balance to it that I think people aren't yeah. giving credence to the regulation can, wins. Can I ask a weird one, too? I was thinking about this last night, and I was texting back and forth with somebody, and I was wondering if playing the way that they play is exhausting. <coughs> playing the way the so what I'm saying is the way they play is exhausting. The formula has been, and Jesse, you've bet this, so you like it's literally happened time after time. Go down early, push at the end, right? <laughs> Their formula isn't to go down early, though. No, but that's <laughs> been the result of the formula. So the formula needs sure. to change. My my question is: Is that not having to push that hard instead of being in the driver's seat the entire game, which we've seen maybe twice this year? Is that not an exhausting way to play? Do you not burn yourself out a little bit by doing that constantly over and over and being con consistently in that we got to come back psyche? That's a lot of that's extra stress. That's like it, it, it is, is right here. I'm trying to find the stat. The NHL put out a uh, press release yesterday mm -hmm. um, where they were talking about like the quarter mark of the season and all these different fun numbers um and everything that come with um the nhl edge site oh boy it was a pretty news-filled day yesterday in the nhl so i'm having trouble finding this um here it is i said there's been a lot of comebacks too the 62 third period comeback wins in around the nhl are tied for the third most ever at this stage of a season with uh the 2018-19 and 2008-9 season uh, behind 2019-20. Holy fuck, that's worded terribly, Steve. Over 44% <laughs> of games this season have been comeback wins. Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, I, I look at it and the Leafs fall behind a lot. Mm -hmm. And they come back a lot. The very few times that they've had a lead, uh, they've tend to blow it. Mm -hmm. They blew it against Chicago. And is that something that we should read deeply into, or is that just the way hockey is played today? I think it's I think it's a inherently Leafs problem. One stat I was looking at is time spent leading. 
this season. Yeah. Ah, and, we haven't updated this in a while. And time spent tied. Okay. The Leafs are currently the uh, 23rd worst team in the league in time spent in the lead. Wow. So so b- below them. So they've spent an average of 16 minutes and 31 seconds uh, per game in the lead. The only teams below them. I can't believe them, it's that much. Yeah. The teams below them, the Coyotes, Capitals, Sharks, Hurricanes, Canadians, Flames, Ducks, Wild, Blackhawks. For context, Jesse, what's the, what is the, um, uh, the best you know, top five team for time spent leading per game? That's a very good question, Adam Wild. On the other end, uh, we have one through five, the Kings, who spend an average of 31 minutes and 47 seconds in the lead per game this season. Great team. The Bruins, 27 minutes. Very good team. Canucks, 27 on. minutes. Well, we'll team. see. Rangers, 27 minutes. And the Avalanche, 26 minutes. Great That's team. the top five. <laughs> Sorry, can you read number six? Uh, the Flyers, 25, Interesting. And the stuff. Penguins, Adam. The comment. Penguins are up there, too. But, yeah, if you go through that top five of time spent in the lead, the Kings, Bruins, Canucks, Rangers, Avalanche, you'd say those are the top five teams in the league so far yes. this season. Who leads in trailing? So the team who has spent the most time trailing this season is the Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously. Uh, the Ducks, the Wild, the Flames, the Sharks. You're not a little surprised that it's the, not the Sharks. So the Leafs are... Middle of the pack, although they are tied. Oh, no, sorry. They're not tied. They're within 20 seconds of the blue check. Yes. But what's important there, I think, is the time spent tied where the Leafs are second in the lead in the league. So they're only huh. behind the New York Islanders and the in no, they're only behind the New York Islanders about 25 minutes and 30 seconds per game. And look at the teams in the top 10 like that stat tells me nothing. <laughs> yeah, really. You think so? Tells well, you nothing. Islanders are mid. Leafs are mid. Golden Knights are great. Arizona's on the lower side of mid. Habs are on the very lower side of mid. They're not mid. Habs are not mid. Yeah, they're not very good. Um, the Kraken haven't been very good. The Jets have been a very good team this year. Sabres have been kind of mid. Looks like they might have their goaltending figured out. The Stars are great. The Rangers are great. Red Wings have been very good. Bruins as well like I don't know that stat doesn't tell me much (laughs) I think with the Leafs being at the very top of the league in time tied and then near the bottom in time leading is that they don't spend a lot of time front running yes I think we can deduce those two things from those two stats I think you you can take that away money you have to spend more money more energy um trying to get the lead back you do I don't know if they're a good enough defensive team to do it like I I kind of think this is the problem when the game is tied, there's a really good chance they're not going to be the. I would love team to, to score. know. I would love to know if there's a stat for most goals scored against within the first couple minutes of you scoring a goal. Like the Leafs, oh, a couple of times they up there. They they'll score a goal, and 50 seconds later, the other team scored a goal. within three minutes. Definitely within three minutes. It's well, you know what, Adam? They might not be at the top of that because they so rarely get the lead. No, I'm not talking about a lead. I'm just talking about you. A goal within your goal. Just a goal. And it's a goal against. I'm like, listen, there's. I mean, that was the entire Sabres game. There's problems with this team. There is. Big time. problems with this team. And I do think that they're going to have to look at that defense sooner rather than later because I know that, um, I know that, you know, Vancouver making their move to move Bavillier to Chicago yesterday. And we're going to talk about Corey Perry next. So don't worry. We're getting to it. But. Bavillier being moved opens up the cap space for Vancouver. 
Vancouver's been looking pretty strongly at, at defense, especially from Calgary. So it feels like they're the one who is closer to making that move. And I, I don't know that the Calgary defensemen are necessarily the answer, but it's it certainly seems like we got we to upgrade. Yeah, people are sniffing around Columbus, too. Everyone's forgotten about them. Um, yeah, it was it uh, um, not Boquist. Who was the other defenseman? That's Peak? Peak. Andrew Peak is Peak on and, CJ's uh, trade list. Bean. Yeah. Yeah? Do you like Jake Bean? Oh, I didn't say I like him. I just said he's available. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yesterday we finally got more clarification from the Chicago Blackhawks and John Davidson, um, not John Kyle. Davidson, Kyle Davidson, than, uh, than we had. Uh, Corey Perry uh, was put on waivers yesterday, uh, contract to be terminated, um, and that's because he breached the terms of his deal. Um, every contract has behavioral clauses, morality clauses, so you can pick and choose between, you know, which ones he may may, may or may not have uh, uh, broken. But um, what they told us was, or what they said on the press conference, was that he engaged in conduct that is unacceptable uh, and in violation of both the term of his contract with the Blackhawks and the Blackhawks' internal policies. Um, it was reported by Ryan Clark and Emily Kaplan um, for ESPN that an incident occurred uh, involving a team employee uh, when he traveled to Columbus last Tuesday. Um, that is as far as we've gotten. And I think for everybody that's saying, you know, Chicago left us twisting in the wind uh, and they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt, you're right and you're right. But I do want to throw out there that very likely the reason Chicago didn't say anything is because they couldn't. You can't comment on an active investigation when it's happening except to acknowledge that it's happening. And even then... They probably wanted to keep it private before it was out there. The second thing is, um, there was very likely um, a non-disclosure signed here on multi for multiple parties. So the reality is, if you think that this is coming out, it's it's probably not. Uh, this is a story that you probably never get the full answer to. Um, and I would imagine, I'm just I'm just betting here that money exchanged hands. I think that there. I don't know. I, that's what this smells like to me. That's what I'm going to say. I, I don't I, disagree. And and I think I think it's important because I I think the Blackhawks actually were trying to get away from the Blackhawks of old. This is this is a lot of people are not thinking about um, what it, what has happened with the story level headedly uh, at all. Um, so it's the Blackhawks, and you're going to give them the benefit of the like. Listen, I think my. Uh, disgust and I would, I would say outright hatred of this organization has been pretty well documented. If any team has the incentive to follow the absolute letter of the law on everything right now, it's the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, a lot of people cited the, the Kyle Beach scandal. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest aspects of that scandal is not just the uh, uh, legality of the scandal. It was the Blackhawks violated their own terms, right? They had their own HR policies and they did not follow them leading to X and Y and Z. Right now, something happened with Corey Perry and a team employee. Yes. Mm -hmm. Was the words? We don't know what that something is. We're not owed that, frankly. Um, but if it was in violation of their terms, it was serious. You, you gotta go. You gotta go. And I don't 
I don't know if that employee is also gone. I don't know if they were the victim of something. We, we have no idea, and we're not going to know. They said it wasn't a police matter. Uh, I'm willing to <laughs> assume if it were that serious uh, that it needed to get the police involved, the Blackhawks would... I mean, again, what team has more incentive to do the right thing than them right now? I mean, every team should have all the incentive. Yeah, but the NHL, the right you thing. can bet, was all over this behind the scenes. Like, don't you dare fuck this up. Don't you dare. You're absolutely right, Adam. You're absolutely They right. can't afford another one. It's funny because, like, uh, what, 48 hours has passed since we did the show on Monday where we had no info. And we sit here right now, and we don't really have much more info. We know we knew on Monday that something had happened with Corey Perry and he had to be uh, sit, sit at home from the team. And then from Monday to today, we learned that his contract is being terminated and that an incident involved a team employee. Those are really the only two p new pieces of information that we that we had publicly. It's so, not a lot. Yes, but it is. It, it is. It is a lot. But it's also like you, we speculate on what's going to happen and all this stuff. But. Everything that we kind of thought about the incident on Monday hasn't really changed because it's only those new new pieces of information. Like we yeah. don't we don't have a full story here, and we're not going to get it. No, but the 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 biggest pieces is, is so Corey Perry obviously did something bad enough that the Blackhawks felt it was appropriate to terminate his contract. Um, the fact the NHLPA has been pretty mum on this makes me curious. Um, well, I think it's because the NHLPA likely knows that this is not something they want to challenge. Well, that's what I'm alluding to. Um, but the other thing, the very important thing is it was a team employee. And as far as I know, no one on the Blackhawks roster has a parent who works for the team. You know what I mean? Well, because the big... The big rumor mm -hmm. was coming out was Corey Perry, uh, like cats out of the bag. Everyone knows about this. People I haven't spoken to in weeks and months were texting me. Did Corey Perry really? Did did he sleep with a a teammate's mom? Connor Bedard's mom. Just come out and say it. Connor Bedard's mom. Uh, because, I mean, that was the rumor. Absolutely, everyone gleefully put out there. Uh, made memes about. And the, I was tremendously disappointed with a lot of people, like not to get parental about it. And I know people are like, oh, we're having fun. Like with what? Like, it, like expand on that. What, like, what do you mean you, you were having fun? What was fun? Is, oh, oh, the, oh, the kid you were saying the guy. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, just, just say the words. Like what, what was fun? You're uncomfortable. Because you know you're in the wrong, you feel like a bit of a bully right now. Feel like a bit of an asshole. Yeah, I could I can imagine what it might be like to be an 18 year old having to experience the NHL for the first time, and then having your mom unfairly dragged into something she had nothing to do with. Yeah, I felt I felt That's so bad for Bedard. Like to be the butt of a joke on social media, and then this being the joke. Like it's if I felt so bad for him all yesterday. I, I tell you what. So earlier the season when Bedard wouldn't speak to the media in Toronto. So that there's two things from that little incident. When when the Blackhawks wouldn't make Bedard available to the media in Toronto, I was like, this dude is the, he's gonna be the face of the league. You gotta put him in front of the cameras. And so many people were like, he just turned 18. 
he's just a little baby boy. And a lot of those same people were like, ha ha, and joining in on the pile on and making the memes and everything. And I went, I like overnight have gone from the Blackhawks were ridiculous to not make him available to the media to if I were Connor Bedard, I would never, ever, ever for the rest of my life set foot in front of a microphone or camera ever again. He was but great after ever again. Yeah, after the Blackhawks game yesterday. He was he did the the scrum in the dressing room and he was fantastic. Like well, that the, means, dude's, the dude's a professional at such a young age and that uh, means Connor Bedard is a bigger person than the vast majority of the people on the internet. I think well, I think that yes. we could have probably said that yeah. before this incident. But, yeah. Uh, I you know I I think, well, I think we needed this to learn that. The other thing we're seeing is a lot of people are like, well, the insiders know and they're just not telling us. And I definitely think there are people that know. I, I know that there are people that know. The Hand reality God, of the situation is, is there is a legal situation that occurred here. And the reason it's not being reported on, probably, very likely, is because nobody can source it. And frankly, um, that's why people do the NDA yeah, thing. But we, they also don't owe you anything. Well, 100%. Mr. I random person it, online. This, I think the argument, and I think it's a flimsy one, is that it's because it's the Blackhawks, you're owed. But in fact, it's not because They're it's not just liberties. the Blackhawks. There's a team employee. There's uh, Corey Perry's family. There's uh, the organization itself. There's a bunch of different yeah. parties here. They're taking liberties with a team they feel they have carte blanche to bully. And I, I mean, I, I don't blame anybody for not trusting the Blackhawks. I hate the Blackhawks. I don't like Corey Perry as a player. So I think people are taking license with that. But um, the memes haven't really been about the Blackhawks. They haven't been about Corey right. Perry. They've been about this poor fucking kid. And his mom. And his mom. And the thing is, is people say, poor, poor uh, uh, Connor Bedard. Yo, I feel bad for his mom, too. Who's going to be the first dickhead fan base to come up with some sort of stupid fucking chant? I, I don't think that that's going to happen. You don't? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think no, so. No, I hope not. I, 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 I honestly don't think so. I, yeah, Adam, that's a, that's a very good point. Like, the feel, feeling bad for Bedard, like, we should definitely do that. But also, yeah, his mother is also in like, this. I'm sure she's getting bombarded. All she did was support her son on, on, yeah, the, on the mom's trip. It's crazy. People, and it was some people random are talking Twitter account that put this out shit. there. People are talking about, like, oh, man, Corey Perry. Yeah. You're a fucking asshole. There are a lot of people who should probably shut the fuck up forever uh, after this incident um, behaving like that. And like, it's, it's funny because why? Because why? Like exp explain yourself. Like, what's the joke? Let me in on the joke. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This isn't a movie asshole. This is real life. This is a real person. Mm -hmm. I could see how, you know, this storyline like, this isn't an episode of Shorzy, dude. Yeah. It's real fucking life. You're awful. There, there are some people who really, really got it. You're not in elementary or high school anymore. Grow the fuck up. There was some monster shit over the last few There's years. Also, Maybe I'm just too old now. Yeah, you're, some some of the stuff you're, you're yelling like you're not in high school anymore. A lot of that comes from yeah, kids, though. Well, that some are, of them are. Yeah, like they're literally in high school, the people like in your mentions and stuff. And I'm no better. Dude, if I was in high school and this was the rumor, I'd probably have a T-shirt. Yeah, if you're right. over the age of 18, I give people a pass before that. If, uh, you're, old, if you're younger than Connor Bedard. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> And that counts for this year only. But there are some grown ass men and women, like in their twenties and thirties, yeah, like just having a field day, 
with this fucking awful dude. Yeah, the, uh, the entire Bedard family. Like that's it's such unfortunate. Like Ka- unfortunate. Kyle Davidson getting choked up and everything. Like I, Ugh. this clearly... I felt that because like what's he supposed to do? Yeah, imagine that moment in in your life. You're like, you know, I'm going to be a GM in the NHL and I'm going to build a team and one day we're going to win the Stanley Cup. You never, you never pictured that moment. And I think, wasn't he around when all the other stuff broke? I don't remember. I think he was. I don't remember. I think he was because remember it broke in the 21-22 season and he was making a trade with the Leafs that was scuttled. It was after... Well, no, I, know he, about, I know he took over from Bowman. Adam's yeah. right about the timeline. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he had to deal with the fallout from Bowman. Yeah, uh, but like you walk, you probably walk into that going, okay, like I know this is coming. Like, dude, you didn't, you didn't know this scandal was. Well, it happened very quickly. And, yeah, and and the thing, to and they do, and they they pulled Corey Perry off the ice. I think a lot of teams would have been like, you know what, eh, we're just gonna let him play, and then, you know, we. You, there's an argument to be made that maybe they should have let him play yeah. and then it doesn't become a public scandal because he gets pulled off the ice and people go, oh, is it an injury? Is it a trade? Um, but as soon as they found out about it, they followed the letter of the law. They found out an employee did wrong. They pulled him out of an, uh, of company activities immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no way you play Nikita Zaitsev as your seventh defenseman uh, <laughs> willingly unless there's a dire situation. Yeah. So that's what they did. <laughs> that's that's they how did. we. That's how we know it was serious. Yes, they yeah. put Zaitsev in for Perry. So. He's a third. He was was their third leading scorer. I don't know. I just um, like again. Like, listen. When I was younger, I would have been all over this, and you know, maybe I'm just a curmudgeon now. Um, but there were some people who were really, really, really fucking awful. I think. Over I think the last few days. I think sometimes. Um, uh, what happens is you're not a curmudgeon. Perhaps it's just more like you have more empathy, which takes time to develop. Let's yeah, it's it just does. more mature. Yeah, it does. Empathy. No. Listen, I didn't have a lot of it when I was younger. No, and now that I've grown up and experienced things and had some bad, really bad moments. No, life's gonna. Oh, you know, okay. You. Well, yeah, maybe maybe I was too judgmental. Life's gonna knock you down a few times. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So. So it's it's one of those where I think we will look back on that and it will be a very ugly social media incident. I don't think that's caught up yet. Um, yeah, no, so. that Britney Spears documentary comes out and people go, oh, 2007 was a different time. And 2007 was all over my timeline for the last week. Yes. No, you still suck. And don't blame the Blackhawks for that because <laughs> they had to do what they had to well, do. And the amount of people who were like, what was it? <laughs> and and the Blackhawks were like, we can't say. And they were like, so it's the mom thing. It's the mom thing until further notice. I'm holding you fucking hostage okay. because I haven't developed well at all. <laughs> I'm not well adjusted in the least. So because you haven't said anything, I'm choosing to believe the mom thing and it's your fault. Go to therapy. The fuck? <laughs> They don't. The Blackhawks do not owe random internet person an answer. No, they don't. It's they don't. Yeah, yeah. They the only person they really. I mean, they. You can argue as a fan that they owe you some transparency. What they gave you was the most transparency yeah. they can. Like I told you, something legal proceedingy happened here. Absolutely, no questions asked. That's why it stops at that. It's, so it's okay that you don't know how the sausage is made. Just don't pretend like you know how it is. Fair enough. We'll leave it at that. Hey, this show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. So, listen, if you want to feel better, potentially, 
get some help. Sorry, help. you made it sound like that was going to be it. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. I, well, I, I, well, should, should I just go back to the hockey now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, because Adam, sometimes you got to take care of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the great thing about BetterHelp is that you're matched with somebody very quickly. Usually by the time most people admit. Can I tell this story? Mm. No. There was a time when I uh, was were married. You were married. Yeah, I, yeah several times, actually. <laughs> uh, there was a time when I was a younger man and a friend of mine reached out and said, not doing so hot. And it took me months to convince this person that uh, therapy was not only an option, but it wasn't failure. Right. A lot of people equate therapy with I failed at life, hmm. which is not what it is at all. That's like going to the gym, going to the gym and going, I'm, I failed at life. This doesn't make any sense at all. Sometimes you just need a <coughs> sometimes you just need a disinterested party to toss things against. And the great thing about BetterHelp is you can sign up. Um, we've got uh, options for video chats. You got options for phone calls. You got options for text message. Whatever it is you're comfortable with, BetterHelp is the place to go. And if you go to betterhelp.com slash SDP today, you get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash SDP. Are the Oilers back? Uh, yeah. Ish. Ish. Now, they did have a nice little lead on the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm -hmm. They pulled a leafy thing and they let in a couple of bad goals in the last uh, six minutes. Keegan Colasar. My hero. You suck. Uh, how the... <laughs> I know. Jesse, Talk tell the class what you did. How I, did you do this? I picked up Keegan Colasar in fantasy yesterday. You did Why? what? Before the Golden Knights game, and I put him into my lineup, and he scored a goal. Why did you do that? Uh, I need an extra body because uh, I have Shveshnikov on my team, and he got scratched um, uh, before pregame for the Hurricanes game, so I need an extra body. I was looking at guys who put up like nice of the, the other numbers, the blocks, the hits. And that sort of stuff. And, and he scored. And Jesse, Colasar uh, had some had some good hits numbers, and I threw him in my lineup. He had no goals in his, 22 games. That was his first goal of the season, yeah. And you picked him up in fantasy. And he scored yesterday. That, that's luck. Like, I did not plan for Keegan Colasar to score a goal. I got lucky. But, um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Keegan now. <laughs> What wonders for my team? How did you pull that shit off? That's sometimes, crazy. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Oh my god, or smart. That was crazy. very funny. Yeah, and so. Leaf legend Ben Hutton. Ben Hutton also, yeah, he had the uh, goal number three to get the. I can't back believe into he's it. still playing. The Leafs barely played him when he was here. Well, dude. Oh, oh. Vegas, Vegas is deep. They, they are deep. Like, thank you, thank you for bringing this up. Thank you for bringing this. up. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. Where we go? Don't, don't look at. Don't look at. Okay. I am a uh, a winger who can play center. Okay, uh, I'm six foot one, two hundred pounds. Last year, or the season before, I scored eleven goals, mm -hmm. and last year I scored sixteen. In sixteen playoff games, I had five goals, five assists for ten points. Do I not sound like a player who can play on every NHL team, including the Leafs? Yes, and they gave him up on waivers. because I'm Michael fucking Amadio. <laughs> he was the third star of that game, even though they lost. He has 13 points in 23 games. He's a half a point a game player this year. It's what Dude, happens what? When, you sign, when you sign players. And I, I, I hate to dismiss Joe Thornton. I was just excited, as excited as anyone to have him here. You want to hold Joe Thornton in your lineup. You're gonna have to say goodbye to Michael Amadio. You know when I had one of these, another one of these moments uh, was last Friday when Vancouver played Seattle and they scratched Kuzmenko and they put uh, Lafferty on the first line I and know. he scored. Oh my! God. 
like it, 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 well, it, they haven't really stuck with it but like Lafferty uh, just first line in Vancouver you know and the Leafs couldn't hold on to him Sam Lafferty <laughs> let's look it up in 23 games five goals five assists for 10 points that's not, not bad. bad. It is not, not bad. bad. It actually would. It's a career pace like by a mile. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Off. Fuck off. I mean, listen, Vancouver's <laughs> PDO is through the roof. So it's like what? historically high. <laughs> so what? I'm throwing that out there. It is. It is. I'm I'm not. He had not 12 goals yet. last year. He's already got five. You're going you're gonna to walk back Quinn Hughes is bad at defense? He is bad at defense. He's not. No, he is bad at defense. No, he's bad at defense. He's, he's great at scoring. Net front defense. Yes, he's terrible net front. I saw it with my own eyes against the Leafs. He's terrible in front of his net. Sorry. Terrible. He's terrible. Listen, he's also 23, 24. I'm sure that he's going to improve it. Adam, he stinks at it. No, him. Adam, you don't watch him. I do fucking watch uh, him. Guys, I, I loved those comments because I was like, but I watched him watch him. I saw Adam. Adam watched him harder than any of us because he had three coffees during a, I was two and a half hour hockey. Game. Fired the fuck up. That's right. Um, <laughs> but this is about the Oilers. And Quinn, Connor McDavid said after the game okay. nope. that uh, Worse than that there is definitely momentum in our room. I think we can feel it. So, I mean, that is the most positive thing I've heard Connor McDavid mention since going into the playoffs. Dude, I told you it's it was a big bend but don't break win over the Vegas Golden Knights. Who you know how the Leafs, uh, especially the Dubas Leafs, held Carolina as mm -hmm. their pace car. They're mm -hmm. like, they're a team that we think we're similar to and they're just a better version of us. We need to start playing like them. Mm -hmm. uh, like Vegas is Edmonton's pace car. That yeah. is the team they want to beat 10 times out of 10. Um, so that's that's a huge win for them. That's their biggest win of the season until the next one. Darnell Nurse's play has been really spotlit since uh, Knobloch took over um, uh, because... If you look at his, uh, um, something stupid, like goals against per 60. Okay. Under Jay Woodcroft, it was 347. Holy shit. Under Knobloch, it has fallen to 149. Now, they're not even split. I think Woodcroft was fired 12, 13 games into the year, and Knobloch's taken the next seven. What, what was the... But that's a pretty big... What was it under Woodcroft? 347. Dude, that's like on pace to be on the ice for a goal every game. The save percentage, every while single game. Darnell Nurse is on the ice, has gone from 0.88 to 0.961. That's a pretty big jump. And that's an important thing for the Oilers. They need their guy to play. He yeah. makes nine and a quarter. Yeah, kind of important. But what was interesting to me is that as soon as they abandoned the Jay Woodcroft new defensive system, it seems like, oh, well, they're a good team again. I, I got to say, and like, listen, very small sample, mm -hmm. very small sample. I was not on board with the Jay Woodcroft firing at all. Nope. But I tell you what, if they turn it around and it's more, it's, it's, it's not just, oh, well, they're getting saves now because it seems obvious they're still not really getting them. Uh, if it's stuff like that, well, then I can get a little bit more on board with, the Knobloch hiring. I mean, you can't cry over spilt milk. Like Woodcroft's gone. I do gone. think I do. Knobloch think can only do the job that is in front of him. Going through five to six games of that system in the first part of the year and it absolutely not working and sticking with it was a choice. Yes, you know, like they had played de defense differently, and they, that had always been somewhat of a weakness. But their defense seemed to even out when Ekholm joined last year. It, oh yeah, it, it got a lot better. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, my when they when when they were talking about that in the preseason, I'm like, did they really need to overhaul it? Like overhaul how they play defense? I didn't think it was that bad. Well, again, the Oilers' standard. A lot of teams come into the season wanting to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. The Oilers came in expecting to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a different bar that we're judging them by. Who's Who came into this season expecting to win the Cup? Vegas? Edmonton? Boston. Boston? Eh. I don't know about expecting. I think they're every night they go out and play hockey, they expect to win uh, the Stanley yeah, Cup. Yeah, but like, like we're talking about a I could, I could never be beaten mindset versus like, no, you have a realistic expectation of winning the Stanley Cup. Carolina. Edmonton? Yeah, Carolina borderline, Colorado. Colorado, yeah. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Like, it's a very small handful of teams. So Edmonton overhauling it, I mean, it was their greatest weakness. Like, even though they were a cup favorite uh, heading into the season, I don't think most people would have given them a top half defense. Certainly not a top 10. So I don't blame them for overhauling it, but they made it worse which seemed bad the it's a it was a really good win for Edmonton because if they had lost that game it looks tremendously bad in that you had a lead with six minutes and 20 seconds to go uh Vegas is on the second night of a back-to-back after going to overtime with Calgary they're missing uh Shea Theodore and Alec Martinez yeah. and you blow the game with six minutes to go that would have been like we would have come in here screaming to about Ben it. Hutton and Keegan Cole <laughs> exactly yeah. so the fact that they were able to win is so anti everything the Oilers have been this so far this season. So credit to them for for getting that done. It would have been a disastrous kind of like who, the Leafs. Who, it was like it was like oh they're gonna they're gonna pull an Oilers here and then yeah. they didn't. So Oilers did Gutsy. great did great in the shootout. Who was the better team in overtime? Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, but. The Edmonton Oilers were the best team with two seconds left, and Evan oh. Bouchard with the game on his stick. That's 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 I when they were the best team. That. McDavid sets you up with the easiest one timer of your entire life, and you hit the side of the net. I thought it was like, in. Me too, because it hit the side of the net. Yeah. Oh man, I thought that was in. Yeah, but I uh, wanted it to be in. I haven't been fantasy. Oh, dude, that was, was a GWG. Anytime the puck was on March or so or Bouchard's stick, I lost my mind. Uh, Vegas was very good in that OT game because they were carrying momentum. You know, you come yeah. back and you score uh, a goal with was a Keegan goal was two minutes left. You Not know? a lot of time. So you're you're carrying a lot of momentum and Edmonton was going to get in their feelings again about about how depressing this season is. But they were able to pull it off uh, with a good shootout effort, I guess, you know, in the coin flip. So good for good for them for pulling it off. And Evander Kane, Evander Kane was spectacular last night Hyman's Hyman was out Kane filled in on that spot in the power play um scored a goal he was really good and he's been one of their best players this season like they've Except had some... for when he fell down in overtime and almost cost him the game yes <laughs> yes but overtime is kind of this it's this other thing yes, you know? yes yes but yes, yes. Kane throughout that game I think he was pretty good at the one bad penalty but like he overshadowed his good play overshadowed you take the that. good with the bad yeah that's that's his game right Kane's now. been good um Patrick Kane signed in Detroit other Kane other, other one Kane <laughs> Um, I, I'll be honest. I was pretty bored by this whole thing. I didn't find it to be a saga. I You've was, been openly bored. I'm like, okay, like whatever, man, sign somewhere. And the thing is, people are like, well, <laughs> he's got to have the hip surgery. And I'm like, this player was in decline before the hip injury. Like I, he was yes. And, and steep decline. And I, and the numbers back me up on that. So I'm, and I'm thrilled for him, but I did want to bring this up from Cam Robinson. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. great minds think alike. Look what I got. Where we're, we're all well, do you going. Wanna, do you want to <laughs> read it then? Sure. Go ahead. This is hockey underscore Robinson. NHLers post hip resurfacing surgery. Nicholas Backstrom of the Washington Capitals. 47 games played, 22 points. He's out. Carl Hagelin. Zero games played, zero points. He's out. Ryan Kessler. Zero games played, zero points. He's out. Ed Jovanovsky, 37 game points, or sorry, 37 games played, five points. So in the ends that with, here's hoping Patty Kane is different, but everyone needs to temper expectations in a big way. What's that? Less than a season? No one has reached 50 games played after this surgery. Also, people were, were, uh, I guess, going at Cam and saying, well, Marsha and Kucherov and Giroux and Point and all these guys have had surgery yeah he's like hip labrum surgery it's not different. the same thing just because not one type of the hip word surgery. hip <laughs> guys get We're a brain saying like, that. Like, it's there's more than seriously you have to begin everything from the fucking beginning who was arguing with him oh man you could read his you could read his replies it's hilarious dude not everything involving the word hip oh stop also he's signed for about 2.75 prorated works works out to be about 2.05 million. This is right. like a low risk play for Detroit. Yeah. They've got the cap space to do it. Although if it doesn't work out, then they don't have the cap space come deadline, but I don't think they care. And also you reunite him potentially with DeBrincat, who's already had a great start. Yeah. I mean, you this is your sports science department. Um, like this is this has to be their Mona Lisa, right? Um, the Western road trip, I don't even think you should go. Like if if they go to California, like they shouldn't even send them. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I sh- what? I was reading Cam's replies. <laughs> Poor Cam. People are like, uh, did uh, uh, I might be wrong, but didn't Zuccarello get this done and play great? He did not. <laughs> was Monahan? Was Monahan's hip surgery the a different procedure? Yes, his was a labrum surgery. Martian labrum. Kessler labrum. <laughs> like he's having to instantly reply to everybody. And go no, that's not the same. Hip resurfacing, guys. Like they're grinding it's a very your specific bones. surgery. He's talking about yes that Patrick Kane had and these other four NHLers had. And we got what is it eighty four combined games that they've played <laughs> post surgery. I love this. A Lightning fan pointed Kucherov had this surgery and he said no, they didn't. They had labrum surgery. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. T- Type in Braden Point surgery. Yeah, dude, like at the at the click of a finger, you can find out what surgery they had. Yeah. yeah. And then Cam did the work. Also, like, somebody's tried to say, hey, Cam, a lot of these guys were older when they had them and not as skilled as Kane. And he said Kane is 35 years old. I think people forget that Patrick Kane is yep. 35. And just like Kessler and Backstrom, when they had their surgeries. Like, this is a waste of this human being's time. I know. Cam's smart yeah, guy. He needs to not reply to all these people who don't know what they're talking about. Dude, these are all easily Googleable. Yeah. What do you? Oh, well, they were older. What? And also, he's 35. Beg the, your pardon. Nicholas Backstrom is one of the best players of all time. Like, yes. what are we talking about? Not as good as Patrick And Kane. not playing right and now. And not playing. After yeah. Because surgery. he had the surgery. Yeah. You fucking Bueller. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> he's in like the Holy top. Holy shit. He's in the top like 10% of people who have ever played hockey. Like, and he's not good anymore and he can't play. And he had Guys. 22 points in 47 games played after the surgery and had to call it quits. Like, it's going to be real hard for Patty Kane to come back here. Dude. Oh my God. We got to be better. Do we? 
No, I guess not. No, not really. Uh, no, let's not. not hold us to too high of a standard. Yeah. It's a tough time out there. Yeah. Anyway, all I'm saying is, like, it, it's very interesting to me because um, Jack Eichel was basically held hostage by the Buffalo Sabres uh, because he wanted to get a surgery that no one else in the NHL had ever had. Now, here's a surgery that people have had, and there's a track record of they never get back to playing well. We're 0 for 4. Yeah. Bro, I mean, Backstrom, it looks like gave them some good games. Um, Less than 50 games. But he played, yeah, 47, yeah. and he's done. Yeah. He's done. We're, we're 0 for 4. Bro, that, Haglin played over. 0. Kessler has played 0. And Jovanovsky is 37. 37. Like, so this one's fine. Roll out the red carpet. Everyone's lining up to sign Patty King. But the, but the Eichel surgery was a bridge too far. The difference, Can't do Steve, that. the difference, Steve, is that Eichel was employed by a team and Kane was not. So Kane could do whatever they want. So yeah. teams want Kane. And also, Eichel costs the Sabres $10 million a year. Kane is going to cost you two. And I think the, so. There is, there is some pretty big discrepancies there. Yeah. Yes. Eichel, the, the contract thing is very important because under contract, Eichel had no right to say of his own body what to do. You know, he couldn't just go pick what surgery he wanted. They, The Buffalo Sabres medical team has the right to say yes or no to that. Right, but the reason they did is they're like, ah, but the evidence. Mm -hmm. But with this surgery, no one has come back to be great after this thing. Wait, didn't Klingberg have this exact? No, he fucking didn't. <laughs> it was a different hip surgery. But even that. No, he's only, there's only the one. Yeah, he's, no, just one. One hip surgery. That's all you can get. Yeah, you go to the doctor and say, one hip, please. And they just fix your hip. Mm -hmm. This is fixed. Fuck my life. <laughs> Holy shit, people. No, but he had a different surgery. Um, and he's still been managing this injury for nine years. Yes. Yep. It's brutal, man. You need your hips, turns out. Uh, weird that hockey is... You need your uh, hips to turn. Funny how that's a part of it. I don't I don't know why that hey. See. Um uh, CJ put up his uh his trade board uh for the athletic. Boom. And uh obviously this is just the lead up to what is going to be an extended trade deadline, but I do think there's gonna be an early move. Um currently the top four players are flames. Hannafin, Lindholm, Tanev, Zadorev. Uh some interesting names on this uh for former Leafs, Ilya Labushkin. Uh Jake Allen and Sam Montebo are on there. But one that st stood out to me that I have not heard much about is a throw-in from the Cal Peterson trade. He was a part of it. Uh, he passed through Columbus. He's now a flyer. Sean Walker, who's making $2.65 million. The Flyers are having a underrated, like they look like a team. They're good. They're watchable. Yeah. They're a team worth serving um, for reasons beyond schadenfreude. And he's been playing 20 minutes a night, which is a career best. And he's been scoring points at a career best rate. And he's... Being allowed to join the attack, which is not traditionally a Tortorella thing, but he uh, has really surprised some people there. And I thought that was cool because it, I mean, obviously the Flyers are going to flip this player, I would think. Maybe, maybe not. I, I mean, what's interesting is like you look at a lot of the other names on that list and they're bruisers, right? You don't get Labushkin for his goal scoring prowess. No. Although he did get one in Toronto. Yeah. Um, he might have got two. But um, no, Sean Walker's a little on the. Uh, more skilled or smaller side, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, it's weird. Most teams who need that kind of already have it. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like uh, th there's always a, f a flavor du jour. Um, and right now, teams seem to want big guys. 
Yeah. I don't think that's just a Toronto thing. I think everyone looked at Vegas and said, big, big, need big. And he's not big. Right. So you might not get good price for not big. <laughs> so might be worth to keep small. Um, another name on this list, Alexander Barabanov, uh, who's been slated for free agency this summer, according to arrest Kyle Dubas. Dom. <laughs> <laughs> Dom's charts, uh, his market value, that's not what he's paid, but his market value is somewhere in the neighborhood of like three, three and a half million bucks. Stop. He's, he's been a very good player. Yes, he has. Um, a couple of other names I thought, Adam Boquist and Andrew Peak, both defensemen for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Leafs didn't work out a deal, like they've been talking about the Flames and talking about the Flames, blah, 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 blah. Adam Boquist is interesting to me because he's not been great. But he also has a lot of high ceiling, and I feel like <sighs> the Leafs have the opportunity to take advantage of something like that. That's what you want if you're a Leaf. I don't. Eh. I'm sure he'd be a little bit more affordable than what Calgary's thrown out there. But like, I don't know. Don't you want to win the cup now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that is a player who could be good for you. He could be okay for you now. Could be even better for you in the future. Or you get. Dude who you know what you're getting, right? Zadorov, potentially. You know exactly what you're getting. Tanev. And it might not be as good as Boquist. Yeah. Certainly not as good as the ceiling, but you know what you're getting. And Tanev, who I don't think is going to have a renaissance in his mid-30s, but you know exactly what you're getting. I, I think that's the runner-up package, the Columbus one. It's one I'll take, mm-hmm. but it's the runner-up. Do you think it makes them any better, those two players? The... Not, I mean, while everyone's injured, yes. When everyone's healthy, meh. Okay. A bit, maybe. But not great. No. Okay. Then why make the move? Oh, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it could replace Connor Timmons in the lineup. Yeah, then. Like At the this point. time last year, the Connor Timmons trade had already been made. I believe it was November 23rd, I want to say. Last year, Dubas made that it's deal. An unreal trade. Who did, they, who did they give up? Oh, man. What's his name? He's huge. Oh, what was his name? He's a Dallas Stars draft pick. He's six foot eight. Why do I remember these things and not his name? What's his fucking name? What's his name? I forget. You tell me while I look it up. Isn't it like Clark? Oh, it's definitely not Clark. <laughs> I was like, if he says yeah, if is it, it is Clark. The, the Toronto Maple Leafs what acquired the Connor Timmins in exchange for Curtis. Douglas. Ah, Curtis Douglas. Yes. From the Arizona Coyotes on November 23rd, 2022. Yeah, it was Curtis Douglas. Great, great little trade there by Doobie. Absolutely. Doobie, Doobie, Doo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So this this time last year, we had a trade, and this year we don't. So. Yeah. I mean, like big old blockbusters rarely happen. Matt Duchesne. It's, I hate that trade a little bit. I know Drew doesn't. Um, I hate that trade a little bit because blockbusters at that juncture of the season are so rare. And then one happened and it was so obviously one-sided. Mm. And this is such a copycat league that everyone's like, whoa, and they're scared. And they're now there's like a, at least a five-year hiatus. You also you can't make the most accurate assessment of your team 20 games in. You need a little bit more than that, you know? I know. I just, yeah. I think the Leafs desire to get bigger and better at defense is probably an obvious conversation that they had like as soon as he was hired. Mm-hmm. Hey, 
we're not good enough at this. And everyone who was already there went, yeah. Yeah, and then he went out and he signed Klingberg and uh, Ryan Reeves, who's big. And they're like, all right, solved. Uh, it was Benoit. The, the press conference. Benoit that, and William Lagasson. That, that yeah. he had where he was talking about the fact that uh, uh, they didn't, they knew about the surgery, but they did not know that this it was this bad. Like, this is Tree Living talking about Klingberg. Yeah, he gave a date on when the he re-aggravated it. I forget what game he said, but he said that on, uh, what was the press? Monday. Third game of the season? Yeah, so it's a, it's a new thing. New thing of the old thing yeah. is how it was phrased. So, yeah, it's not like on July 1st they knew. Last night was a real monkey's paw moment for me because I was like, William Lagason's out of the lineup. He should be in the lineup every night. And then the finger curled and Giordano got hurt. <laughs> and I went, oh, that's not quite what I meant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Damn it. We're going to get to Dini Evanson. If you want to oh! talk about Creed. Okay, Mr. Creed Bratton. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I feel bad for Dean Evanson because it felt like, like, listen, the wild were always going to be, and I'm, I'm on the record, I'm a fan of what they're doing given their cap penalties. But it was always going to be really hard, and I just don't understand how um, the new head coach, whose name is escaping me right now. John Hines. Yeah. How does he solve anything that Dean Everson couldn't? What? How I looked at this situation was when like all this came out, and obviously there's a bunch of write-ups and everything, and I, I think it, it falls on to Bill Guerin here because he signed uh, Marcus Foligno, Matt Zuccarello, Matt Zuccarello, and Ryan Hartman in September. You know, the, all of those guys could have been UFA trade pieces at some point if they suck. They have yep. a lot of guys locked up. And the, the, he locked up this team, and he believes in this team, and the team has been underperforming. They, they've lost seven in a row, 13 of their of their last 16. So Bill Guerin's sitting there, and he says, I think I compiled a great roster, and they're not performing. So it must be the coach's fault. And I think we can take a step back and be like, maybe it's the roster and not yes. the coach. Yes, yes. Well, like... You made this bet. You, you said to your boss, hey, boss. Craig you, Leopold. You need to pay these two guys millions of dollars to not pay, play for you. Mm -hmm. And here's why. And they said, okay, Bill, hope you're right. And then they did that. And last year they were pretty good. Yes. And he said, see how we were good? And they go, yes, Bill. And he goes, okay, now let's commit to the guys who made us good last year. And they go, okay, Bill, hope the team stays good. And he said, they will. And now they're bad. And now they have millions of dollars invested in paying two players to not play for them and millions of dollars committed to players who are currently on a team that's playing bad. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a good chance that, uh, oh, and they're paying a coach to not coach for them as well now. So I think there's a really good chance that whoever Bill's bosses are are very cross with him indeed. So you're you're talking about Bill's bosses, uh, the big one, the nobody who's above him, uh, Craig Leopold, the owner. Yeah. Um, there's a the report in the Athletic from the hiring that he doesn't want a rebuild. Him and Garen cannot stomach a rebuild right now, and that is why they are trying to go for it. That's why they've they fired Evison, and they want this group of guys to get it done because they believe in this roster, and they don't want to sit through years of of depression in Minnesota. I, they want to win. I got a whisper on my phone yesterday. I think he's in the hot seat a little bit. Garen? Yeah, because yep. I think Leopold says if this team sucks, it's your fault entirely because you. I told you I don't want to rebuild and you were supposed to build a good roster and now Just the roster sucks. Just go for the rebuild, guys. I, well, I it. hate when yeah, teams are, are half something. Yeah. yeah. So like the one thing you have to give Bill Garen credit for is he's like, this is our direction. Wham! And he's going yeah. hard in that direction. 
But when it doesn't work out, you have to wear it mm -hmm. and it's not working out. It's hard for me to just confidently say they need to rebuild because you have a piece like Capri's off and a bunch of older guys and like the the it's I not think they can. it's not there right now to just instantly retool and suck for a little bit and then be good. They're they're kind of stuck in that middle area where they have to really go for it here. Yeah. It, it's unfortunate. They, they committed to Matt Boldy, yeah. like yeah, yeah. I I, I, I don't mind the commitment to Matt Boldy, by the way. Long. No, 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 no. I, I didn't criticize any of the moves. It's just um, they have to win with this group, or they ain't winning. That's it's kind hard. of the position they're in. So I understand why they fired the coach. Yeah. And it's a couple more years like this, isn't it? Yeah, because if you look at the roster, there's not places to move off of. Zuccarello signed the the extension they signed in September for some reason for two more years at 4.1. Matt, Matt Boldy, as you mentioned, signed till uh, 2030, 2029-2030. Uh, Kaprizov, you got three more years at $9 million. Uh, Joel Erickson Eck is signed till 2028. Um, 29, 29, 29. Sorry, even even longer. Marcus Foligno, the extension I mentioned, is for four more years at four million dollars. The Ryan Hartman is four more years or four million dollars at three more years. They Everybody's locked up. In. Do you need? Everybody's locked up. Do you really? Do you really need Frederick Goudreau for four more years at two point one million? Is uh, that a deal you have to sign? Maybe. Frederick Goudreau signed till he's thirty five. Like, is that the guy that you need? Why? Like, You're, it's the same thing as the Angval contract. Maybe it's a good contract. I don't know. Do you need it to be that long? Why is Jonas Brodin signed till he's 35? And Why is Jared Spurgeon signed till he's uh, 34, 5, 6, 8, 38? A bunch of well, their... Well, to be fair, he's pretty good. A bunch of their UFAs are like probably just going to retire, too. Like, Fleury, I assume, is going to retire. He's 39. Bogosian, he might have some hockey left. He's 33. Goligoski. Goligoski's 38 <laughs> at 2 mil. Uh, Patty Maroon at 35. Uh, he's got to be getting up there. It's like Brandon Duhame is the only UFA in his 20s. Mm -hmm. And obviously you have Connor Dewar as an RFA. Just the entire team is locked up and there's not like a dearth of young talent. It's, it's not it's, a particularly young team, no. No, it's older guys for they have long guys. term. They have to go for it. They don't have a choice. not old. Oh God, his extension kicks in too. Oh wait, no. When's the uh, when is the cap penalty in Jesse? What season is it again? Uh, the dead cap money. Oh, oh so my God. 2025, 26. And that is, is when they get the relief. That is Kaprizov's last year in Minnesota. If if you're just going by his contract, I'm not saying he won't resign, but I'm saying it's important that this player feels like they can win here by that season. No, they have a cap hit until 29. I know. No, but, but eight hundred grand, one point six million after. Eight hundred grand each. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In twenty twenty five twenty six, the cap hit from fourteen point seven million this year and next goes down to one point six million, I, I, which is manageable. Could you not have LTIR'd one of those two guys? I I, I, know, I no. respect that they did it. I guess not. They're still playing. Oh. Yeah, they're in the league right now. They're playing. still playing, oh, man. So for everyone who believes in those like LTIR conspiracy theories, like they're still playing. That's an obvious candidate, so, and both guys were like, but we're not injured. And isn't it interesting that the 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 general manager who is known for doing the owners bidding whatever they want, who is who? Who's that? Chuck Fletcher. Oh, you yes. signed those contracts. Yes. On behalf of the owner who wanted to make a splash before the lockout happened. I find it really interesting that this guy basically has the owner here is, I think, holding the team back. Everybody knows the right thing to do, which is or what the right thing to do a couple of years ago is go, OK, quick retool. We're going to have some cap issues. 
And let's put a young, scrappy, amazing team together around Kaprizov and grow the group together. Build with Kaprizov and Boldy and Faber. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or maybe be able to hang on to a guy like a Fiala. Wallstead. Right? Yeah. You know? And they didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And who? And if it's the owner that's driving this, because really, Bill Guerin's there to take yeah. you know, the owner's uh, bidding... I I feel like it's this is Craig Leopold's got to look at the look at himself and go okay like am I tired of being mid? A actually, Adam, uh, no billionaire has to look at themselves ever. <laughs> what I've learned from that's just actually true. Paying yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, just just on our two favorite players, uh, Parise and Suter. Parise is unsigned. He is a UFA. He doesn't he didn't sign anywhere this season. But he did have 21 goals in 82 games for the Islanders last season. And um, he's in rumors. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think some team might pick him up for a playoff run, yeah. like somewhere midpoint of the season. Um, and uh, Ryan Suter is an everyday defenseman over in Dallas. Not yeah, putting up too was, much points, but yeah, he's been doing he's, that. Was that was a very good? Yeah, he but he was good that first year in Dallas. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he's not very good now. <laughs> they're they're you don't a think he's having team, a good season. They're, they're not, they're you don't think he's having a good season? Though? No, he's not very good. <laughs> 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 oh my god okay well yeah. let's should we do a press conference uh sure we can do a press conference okay let's do one let's do a quick one the steve dangle press conference speaking of the minnesota wild we did not touch on ryan hartman being suspended two games for uh his play on alex to do you have any thoughts steve he Adam? got slew footage which is Worse than slashing a guy in the head, we learned. Yep. I mean, <laughs> it's two games worse. It's true. Than slashing a guy in the head. Now, one thing to look for, and producer Drew pointed this out before the show, uh, I imagine the Wild are going to scream bloody murder that Oscar Sunquist should be suspended for slew-footing uh, Jacob Middleton, is it? Uh, Middleton on, on uh, the Wild who... Uh, well, he slew-footed him. So they just had a guy get suspended. I mean, yeah, you can't go around slew-footing guys. I don't mind two games. Um, but watch for that. I wonder if Sunquist gets a call. This question's from Tempest. Half question, half suggestion. The would it be that? possible? Mm, sorry. Would it be possible to set up to do the Leafs take a too many men penalty bet? <laughs> I think it'd be amazing. <laughs> There, you probably could. They had 13. Drew, Drew texted me during the show. They had 13 all of last year. They have eight already. That's they led the league last year, too. And they're on pace for so 32. It would, you would think anytime too many men call, just to just drop two bucks on it, why not? Well, think okay, so they're on pace for 32. Like, you, if, if that were to be a bet, it would, it would probably hit more often than most goal bets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's how fucking bad they are. Oh, my God. Yes. Can we please get on the horn and get someone to make that? Yes. That would be incredible. This Terrible, is though. from uh, Damian Cray. Will Matthews eventually pass Ovechkin in all-time goals? So this isn't an out-of-nowhere question because Matthews' current goal pace from where he is goals played to goals scored is ahead of where Ovechkin was at the same, exact same point of, goal, of games played in his career. So he's at a better goal-scoring pace than the greatest goal scorer of all time. It's crazy. So what do you guys think? Well, it's 
difficult to picture now uh, on account of he's just he just hasn't been very good. I know he has was it 14, 15 goals, but he has not been playing goal uh, good. He's scored in bunches. Um, but that's not what you're asking. You're asking about a thousand games from now or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's working in Matthew's advantage um, is he's playing in a era where the goal scoring is going up. Yes. It's at the highest it's been since Ovechkin's rookie year. Now, what happened and what made Ovechkin so freakish is his goal scoring continued to go up yep. while the leagues went down. It's not about Ovechkin's early years. It's about his later years where he did the impossible yes. and kept scoring. He has one of the highest... Ex, um, what is it? Era. He has one of the highest era-adjusted goal totals in NHL history. Single season. Like, Gretzky's 92-goal season for era-adjusted goals actually isn't in first. I don't even think it's in second. I think first and second belong to Brett Hall. Uh, oh, is it Brett Hall? Yes. I thought it was one of Mario's years. No, believe it or not, no. It oh, was, wow. It was one of... Uh, I can't remember how many Brett I can scored. Um, what, his most? It, it wasn't the 76. Season, it wasn't the season where he scored 76. It was a different one. Oh, okay. Um, I did a whole article on this years ago at Sportsnet. Um, yeah, I was, so, was going to find your article. Oh, there you go. Um, so Matthews has that leg up on Ovechkin. The reason I'm just we're years away from me wanting to commit to that mm-hmm. is Ovechkin. It's not the freakish goal scoring. It's the unbelievable durability. Matthews has already had like numerous surgeries. Mm-hmm. Missed 20 games here, 20 games there. Like, it's going to be really hard for him to get up to Ovechkin's games played totals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Matthews has, I believe, two surgically repaired wrists. It's, it's going to be difficult to remain this good for that long. So this article is from Steve Dangle. Steve Dangle Glynn of Sportsnet in t- October 20th, 2017 uh, for the Dangle blog. It is era-adjusted greatest NHL goal-scoring seasons of all time. And a handy-dandy little chart right in the middle of the article illustrates the uh, top era-adjusted single-season goals. uh, Single-season four goals scored, top 10 era-adjusted. I said that backwards, but still, right there. Uh, Brett Hall leads the list. His 86-goal season era-adjusted is 78 Second is Ovechkin's 07-08 season of 65 goals. Era adjusted is 72. And third is Mario. That that 85-goal season is era adjusted 71. But look how many goals Gretzky loses. So his 83-84, where he scored 87 goals, is era adjusted 69, goes down 18. And his 92-goal season goes down to 68. So his 92-goal season isn't even his highest goal-scoring season. Um, at negative 23. But like Stamkos, mm-hmm. because he played in, that was uh, the 11-12 season where he scored 60, players weren't scoring. Yep. So it goes up eight goals. Pavel Bure also in 2000-2001, dead puck era, it goes up six. And Ovi goes up seven. That 60-goal Stamkos season is very impressive. And, and not talked about enough. 
Yeah. Not talked about it. No, wild season from him. Uh, wild. Yeah, the 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 my favorite Ovechkin season is the one where they came back from the lockout in 12-13 and he didn't score for like the first 10 games and then he said he made a comment they're like Alex, do you think there's something wrong? He's like, yeah, I think my career's over. He had 32 goals in 48 games. Yeah, yeah. He had, and that's the thing is he didn't score in like the first 10. Yeah. So it was like a goal a game afterwards. So however many 50-goal seasons he has, he should have had more. It's like yes, the Matthews because thing, of that. too. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's so similar how their careers have kind of married each other early on with, with things out of their control derailing 50-goal seasons. Matthews had like three 50-goal seasons before he hit 50. Yes. For the first time. Yeah. <laughs> like it was it was yeah. ridiculous. So um uh the other thing from the other day, so David Perron just scored his three hundredth goal. Okay. In his career. Alan Walsh client? Alan Walsh client. Three hundred scoring three hundred goals is crazy. Uh David Perron became the two hundred and twenty second player to ever do it. Okay. 7,606 players have ever played in the NHL, not including goalies. That means David Perron is in the top 3% of goal scorers all time. Okay. And he's played over 1,000 games. Matthews, at game number 500, had 313. <laughs> That's crazy. So Matthews, 500 games into his career, is already in the top. It's not even three. It's less than that. It's like 28 percent of nhl players ever wow ever That's in terms of goal cool. scoring yeah. It, yeah and goal good for him and if you're if you score 600 you're one of yeah like, you're one of like 20 players ever yeah and like it sure seems like he's gonna get there 600 i think if injuries you know are the only thing that's really stop. hard yeah. 500 seems very attainable and even that puts you in like the top one 500 from like three seasons from now to be honest yeah <laughs> like yeah he's gonna do uh, drew's laughing but he's gonna do it within this contract well uh, yeah i mean kicks in next year and what is it four years or five four what, it, we, so what would we made such a big deal about it? We don't even remember. Oh, guys, guys, guys. So <laughs> he need to average 40. He's got, yeah, he's five, got 313 right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like he'll very, absolutely do it with it. Very, very good chance. He gets to 500. And then, then you could start maybe having that conversation. Like, maybe? Do, you, do you see the conversation we're having? We're like, okay, if he stays durable, then he's got to do this for this amount of time. Ovechkin. When he was supposed to be going down to like 40 and 30 and, oh, if he can play for this long at 35 goals, maybe. No, he's been scoring 50, 50, 50, 55. 50, 50. <laughs> and then uh, like last year, he had a fall off where I think he still hit 40. And this year, I know he had 42 and 73 last year. Yeah. Yeah. So he missed time and he still hit 42. What's he had this year? Uh, five and 18. Yeah, just wait. And like it's Ovi. Matthews has got to be able to play till he's like 40, you know, like it's this is it's not an impossible task, but it's pretty impossible. It's a oh, what a road. Yeah. It's that is so, so stupid. Look at this stupid man's career. Oh, look at this gonna, stupid yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Look at that stupid nonsense. It's That's insane. so ridiculous. It, longevity I like that one season where he's minus 35. That's hilarious. Like Gretzky <laughs> scores 50 goals is still minus 35. I know. <laughs> Gretzky being the greatest goal scorer ever is like, I would say still up for debate because Mike Bossy lived and breathed, yep. uh, you know, in the National Hockey League. But what screwed it up for him? Injuries. Longevity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's Ovechkin 
has the longevity and the elite talent. But like, dude, Gretzky scored nine goals in his final season. <laughs> and he and Ovechkin is like almost his age when he retired. Wow. And like, look what he's doing. Like it's, if, it is crazy. If Gretzky maintained Put it one Ovechkin's more pace, he'd be at a thousand goals. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> I just said, put it one more way. Oh. <laughs> I need to. No, oh, I need to. Yeah, I'm just Adam's giving you done. shit. I need to I'll hit the button. Yeah, all right, hit the button. But no. But no, no, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> what we got from that is that Ovechkin scored a lot and it's impressive. Yeah. You, ha you have to give players the flowers when they can receive them. 100%. I always support these conversations because it's important to appreciate greatness while it is here. No, let's hate it until later and then get nostalgic about it. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.